All of us are on a journey of becoming, a never-ending journey in pursuit of truth and deeper union with the divine. As you know, faith is a complicated thing and this journey of becoming can be both difficult and painful. Far too often, we have not been given a space where we can safely address the complications and issues that arise naturally. My name is Joshua Patterson, and I am also on this journey of becoming. I am dedicated to inviting you into my story and creating a space where questions and critical thinking are welcome. I want to take an honest look at the issues and questions so common to this shared journey. I want to genuinely seek out what it means to follow Jesus in our ever-changing world, in our unfolding and expanding universe, and in our pluralistic society. I have come to know that doubt is not the enemy of faith, but rather that both doubt and curiosity are two of faith's biggest allies. I have learned that the Christian faith is more about wisdom and love than it is about correct doctrine or belief. And I believe that we are being invited to continually seek out both wisdom and love, renewing our minds, expanding our hearts, and rethinking our faith in the process. Thank you for joining me on that journey. I found out that you can't, like if you're on Amazon Prime Video to be specific, and then you try to screen record a scene on there, it will, uh, Amazon Prime will tell you to go fuck yourself. And then your, your computer will also stop screen recording. Hmm. And the same thing happens on your phone. Uh, So confession time, I was trying to take a scene from um, Road to Edmund to send to Noel. And wow. you can't do that. So sorry, Trip, for trying to steal your property. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure but... he'd actually be grateful that you were trying <laughs> to share the content with someone. Like, but the, the Amazon police shut it down. So, oh, Bezos. Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah he's about ah. to get us all. I don't know what I was recording. I don't know what I was watching, and it was some other site. Um, but yeah, I like found this file. I was like, "What's this huge file?" And it's just my entire day while I'm just... Just like you, like, double chin, like, in bed with a laptop on your stomach. Like... <laughs> yeah, just putzing around the internet waiting to heal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Well, All friends, right. listeners, people, uh, these voices are the voices of Sari and Kristen. Um, mm-hmm. Sari, I think this is your third time on the podcast now. Oh yeah. Um, which you makes know. you like rethinking faith famous. That's a big honor. <laughs> and Kristen, that uh, means you're really going to have to bring your A game because it's your first time. Okay. Oh, okay. Noted. All right. <laughs> Adjusting my posture. <laughs> yeah, the posture of confidence. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So what I wanted to do was there's this bit that uh actually trip recommended that i should start doing called 20-ish cues where i come up with like 20 fun questions and then ask them to other podcasters and then the final question that you have to answer is like what podcaster do you like nominate to come do this next whoa cool and so it's cool because it's like questions that 
um, kind of like play into the theme of the show, like rethinking faith. So there's questions in that kind of style. Um, and then also it like highlights and promotes different podcasts and stuff. And then you get a network with cool people and have fun conversations. And then Love people it. on the internet listen to it. This is pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I want to do. Um, but before I jump into my 20, 20-ish cues, I have like some questions that don't count against my 20. So the first one is just if you two could kind of introduce yourselves um, to our to our listeners. Maybe I should introduce Kristen. And I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I truly was like, oh, I should introduce. Oh, man. Brainwaves. Brainwaves. So do it. Introduce me, Kristen. Okay. (laughs) Mary Martin Concepcion is a filmmaker, a creative, a podcaster, and a business owner located (laughs) in Portland, Oregon. She has an incredible partner, Stevo, a beautiful daughter, Lucrecia. She is full of ideas and life and vigor, and she is a strategist. She is a problem solver. She is well-connected. She has a theology degree, a master's, oh and originally from California, she brings that sunshine right into your life. So there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was pretty like good. You wrote that ahead of time. I was like, is she reading? <laughs> what? I'm just ready. I'm ready. I think your harm kombucha just like is just flowing, like making your brain waves. Like just whoa. Okay, now I'm intimidated. No, no, come on. Okay, Kristen Tideman is a hilarious, intelligent soul from Philly who lights up my day when I talk to her every day. Uh, she has a master's in humanities with an emphasis in philosophy, but she's equally skilled in things like marketing and design. And her area of genius is knowing what fonts are good and bad <laughs> and everything in between. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so she has I have several podcasts. Um and this incredible improv background that rears its head every now and then, which maybe it just did. Um, <laughs> and my oh favorite my story about you is being afraid to go to hell while you're, <laughs> you're afraid of improving the unforgivable. Into this interview, so anyway, she's fabulous and she's my business partner. And, um, and yeah, wow, that wasn't as good as yours. Oh my god, nailed it! They're both great. Well done. I like it. And improv, (laughs) improv sounds a lot of fun. I've thought about doing that before. Oh, dude, Uh, did I think I might have talked about it last time? I was on you, maybe because it was like it's it gives you really valuable like life skills if you. Especially if you're in like a smaller market where it's not like LA where it's saturated by a bunch of actors mm. who are like really good. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can just be with like normal people doing it, it can be a lot of fun. Very, very good life skills. I think it really listen it teaches you to listen and it teaches you to say, Yes, I heard you and I'll yeah. add this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also to not overthink things because you can't. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's it helped me that be in that way. 
50 yeah. go with it. I like it. And well, we I'm... we haven't told you this, but sometimes behind uh, your back, we call your show Overthinking Faith. Is... Oh, shit. <laughs> you <laughs> do. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you have a tendency to overthink things a little bit, I think. But that's anyway, that's not true. a judgment. That's not a judgment. No, it's we just love, a true, it's a true you, statement. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and it, yeah, you're not alone. Don't worry. I'm like sitting there just looking at an email and Sarah goes, press send. Just, just press send. Just <laughs> looking <laughs> send it. <laughs> yeah. I think whenever I get around to having like merchandise, a t-shirt will have to say overthinking faith instead. Like, <laughs> yeah. to like make the parentheses into an O. And yeah, you know, yeah. And, re, and make it, yeah, it'd be and just that that emoji that has just like the crooked mouth, like mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Uh, well, so Whoops. you mentioned the business a yeah. couple times. We should say the name of it. Tidy Co. Creative. So tidy's for Kristen yeah. Tideman. Co. is Co. For is for Sari Concepcion, <laughs> and we're oh, yeah. co-creating with folks like yourself uh so tidycocreative.com is a website for all your creative agency marketing strategy needs uh for other podcasters and small businesses and nonprofits, and especially folks in the academic sector we have a, mm-hmm. a special expertise there and also you know communication strategy around um grant projects is an area of our expertise as well so you can go to our website, write us an email, or fill out a form for a free little 30-minute discovery call if you're interested in, in talking about that kind of stuff. Woo-woo. Dope. Yeah, I'll be sure to link Tidyco in the things Ooh. that are on podcast show notes. Bless. Yeah. All the linkables. Sweet. All right. Well, shall we uh, jump into these 20-ish cues? Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait for this like speed round or like what kind of questions <laughs> are these? I have literally no idea. <laughs> yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Some of them are serious, some of them are not so serious. And um yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. So and you guys can decide how you want to answer, like who goes first or who doesn't, or maybe whoever's feeling most led by the Holy Spirit by that <laughs> question. Um, you know, you can just kind of go with that, but Here's well, here's the first one. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah grew up reformed, so you never know oh, she's ever going to feel what. Frozen. Yes. All right. I'm a cessationist, well, guys. I'm a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight. Don't talk to me about your strange fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll get to the first question one day. That's all good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here's first question. Uh do you consider yourself a Jesus follower? Why or why not? The crowd goes silent. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who else I'd be a follower of. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm not saying that. That could sound smug or whatever, but um, I'm really comfortable with the fact now that I grew up in the Christian tradition and that's my tradition kind of by choice. And not to say that, like, I don't find wisdom and uh, beauty in other traditions, but like my origin story is like that's the 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 faith tradition and wisdom tradition 
you know, the Bible, all those things formed me in some sort of way that is meaningful. And especially the teachings of Jesus. So, um, so yes, I think that's enough to say I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, you know, the former version of myself would say like, no, that's not enough. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? You know, or um, uh, like, do you believe in, can you affirm these creeds? Blah, blah, blah. So you adhere um, to the Westminster Confession of Faith. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hashtag reformed. <laughs> the Athanasian <laughs> Creed. Uh, um, but uh, I operate from and am heavily influenced by the Christian tradition. And that's enough to say yes to your question. Now, if you got into some more sub questions, of, uh, maybe my answers would be a little bit more ambiguous. But I'm I'm comfortable saying that Jesus's influence on me is enough to say that I was and am a follower of Jesus. Nice. Well, as someone who studied philosophy, I think I am most comfortable with problematizing. So <laughs> I would say this language we use now is most, uh, it's most commonly, I mean, it's really, we use it. It is it has a utility of in-group, out-group signaling. And so to say I'm a follower of Jesus, someone says they're in my group or they're not in my group. and for me, I think that that is what I've become um, less interested in the last few years because it's it's really there to, I think a lot of times to put someone in a box that you can approach them with certain things or not. And so I, if, you know, if I were, <laughs> if I were a pastor, I'd say, yeah. But if I were Kierkegaard, if I were Kierkegaard, <laughs> I'd say I'm going to pretend to be a different person and <laughs> no, make it complicated. I think it's, I I think it's hard. Like I think if we were not familiar with the Christian language, we'd be like a follower. What? Like if we grew up with just in an atheistic sort of context, we'd say, well, what does that even mean? I don't follow him on Instagram. I don't follow him on TikTok. That's our that's our context for follower. And so I'm inclined to just say you know, the, the way in which we act, the things we talk about, uh, really dictate what is important to us and, um, demonstrate what's important to us. And so I have changed a lot of what I think I used to believe, but just, uh, dare I reference C.S. Lewis in the instance of the last battle when the followers of Tash didn't know they were following the wrong person oh, the whole time. Maybe um, it rose by any other name. Anyway, so that's my answer. <laughs> wow. I dig it. I dig it. I man, I don't know why I do this style because I'm not supposed to really respond and I always want to. It's it's I a think you thing should. for me. <laughs> if you want to, it's fun. No. We want to hear from you. Well, if I if I had to give a quick answer, I would say that my like past versions of Josh have been animated by the teachings of Jesus and current Josh continues to be animated by those teachings, even if some of the metaphysical claims that I used to hold to, I no longer do. Uh, but I think Jesus still deeply shapes and influences the way that I act and behave in the world. And so 
without doing the in-group out-group thing, I'll be like, yeah, Team Jesus. But also, I don't need Jesus to be the like the only thing. Yeah. 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 So there we go. I don't know. Well, <laughs> the the yeah. next one I'll comment on before uh, I ask because confession time. I work for a church and I don't attend church. So my question is: Do you all attend church, and Ooh. why or why not? I'll, I'll go first this time. Sorry, I do not currently attend church. I'm not totally opposed to going back to church, um, but basically. The churches I grew up in are, there's like a lot, you know, there's a lot of the sort of uh, check boxes you want to have of like affirming and open to women leadership, things like that. And I grew up in a context where that was not necessarily the case. Um, I grew up non-denominational, but that's kind of like, you know, Baptisty, And so, and things like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you know, the more I've gone along this journey, I'm like, well, I'm not too into like people being so into original sin or whatever. And it's just like finding a church like that isn't easy everywhere you go. So currently no, but could be in the future. Uh, I feel like, I think I go to church like once every few months. Uh, and when we go, like I've kind of mapped what I think are some pretty good churches in portland since i've only been here a couple of years and you know church has been weird post-pandemic and i thought by now i'd be kind of like yeah let's do church again and it's been harder than i anticipated because i think i got like pretty messed up from my church plant experience more than i really was aware of for a long time but i like want to want to go um I also keep mm. trying to imagine what the ideal, like when I go, I'm like, like, why does this feel so weird? Part of it is the baggage. Mm. Part of it is more like social, like the idea of like going into a space with a bunch of people you don't know and having this pressure to like make friends with them through all these like kind of these ways that often feel like really weird and like forced, yes. you know? Yes. Um. And like, I'm like, well, maybe I just want to go and like, like one time during my seminary experience, I had to go visit like a tradition that was different than my, the one I grew up in. And I went to like a, this, what's called the self-actualization center in LA and started by this like guru teacher, spiritual teacher. Um, and I went to one of their evening meditation services and a lot of it was just silence. I think the full thing lasted six hours, but every like hour or two hours you were allowed to either stay or exit you know I think I did I think I did two hours but a lot of big chunks of it were silence and then every now and then this woman would start um singing kind of a chant sort of uh with a harmonium there's a harm I actually have a harmonium if you could it's over there it's just like little... where's your harmonium Josh I... <laughs> um, you know yeah, I was at the harmonium it. store today and they were fresh <laughs> out, <so>. um, <laughs> anyway so I was like 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 at this point in life I feel like I want something like that where it's just like um there's not all this pressure to be like okay take a break shake someone's hand you know like get to know your new friends you know so yeah. I don't know part of it is that like 
uh, that just you go into that situation and it feels like there's that expectation and it feels exhausting yeah. uh, and just the potential idea of it or like going to a community group, uh, you know, and I oh, and that's totally a oh. social person. Like I like making friends, you know, like I I don't know, but I feel like I want to be normal. Then... She can make friends. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I feel like I want to maybe like make some friends and then be like, do you guys want to go to like a meditation service together? Like with people I already know, you know what I mean? Not yeah. like, so yeah. anyway, those are my current thoughts on the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know. And but it's gets complicated when you have kids. Cause you're like, part of me wants them to have a church experience. Like I want her to have a church experience. She's been to Sunday school and she likes it, you know, and whatever. Yeah. The I'm- one thing I was going to say, the last time I did go to church was actually to a Spanish language service which was, it was my, the church I grew up in, which is crazy in Pennsylvania. This is probably like mm, three months ago, something like that. And they are much more, they didn't have a meet and greet time, I think because I already met met and greeted. <laughs> like, it was, yeah, it was funny. Cause I'm like, oh, that's kind of an interesting, yeah. twist. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's another thing. Anything that's like super high church. So it's not so much that like, non-denom like we're all one come on everyone be friends jesus is enough to make us all best friends no (laughs) yeah it's actually not how it works (laughs) yeah the the church that i've been working in is like a super high churchy episcopal church and it's like a bunch of old people and there's like 40 people that go there on sunday and i feel like i'm kind of cheating the system because i'm reaping some of the benefits of like the communal aspect of the church. Cause I work there and I see all the nice old ladies come and visit me every day and we hang out and yes. talk and whatever, but I just don't go to like the actual service on Sunday. And so it's, it's even been interesting just thinking about as someone who used to be a pastor where the Sunday service kind of tends to be like the thing, seeing how decentralized that is in this church and how much of like a, group of yes, nice old people good. that love each other it's been really interesting mm-hmm. to be a part of and so i feel like yeah. i'm cheating the system because i'm getting that communal aspect uh yeah just i just don't go on sundays i sort of have a fantasy of like what if you had like a group what if you josh like had a group of like 25 to 35 disenfranchised ex-evangelical friends and you just suddenly all showed up one day to that episcopal church where there's just no one is under 60 years old you know and- <laughs> oh i think some, someone might shit their pants yeah <laughs> literally yeah, right oh my gosh that, that's, that might be ageist i'm sorry <laughs> wow cancel i i've shit my pants in the recent past so i'm just i, I feel like i have to me, say that so Confession i can times. i'm a witness <laughs> You didn't see well, it happen. I think we all have a story. <laughs> but you are winning. We all have a story. <laughs> we all have a story. Look, we all. <laughs> I had a colonoscopy. No. <laughs> I mean, I did. Prior so. to this call. Yeah. <laughs> right before. Oh, well, I. All right. I, we need to move on. But I, now you have goaded me into sharing this, which I've only told like close friends of mine. In what? college, in college, they thought that I had they couldn't they thought something was going on uh and so they did a um a sonogram of my prostate which you would think with medical technology that you know they can have like tiny cameras that can go in really tiny places 
the sonogram device was like a toothbrush with the fucking golf ball on the end of it. And it was the most awkward experience I've ever had in my life. Even when like the nurse who is like this, like stereotypical kind Southern large black woman was like, Oh baby, I am so sorry about this. No. (laughs) And so I I experienced that in college. Um, Wow. How yeah. did we get in the question? Everything was, was do fine. you go to church and look where we, <laughs> and we ended got up? prostate exams? Well, you go anyway. to church. yes, I get a prostate exam. <laughs> yeah, going to church, you see, is kind of yes, like getting I a prostate exam. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, all right. I'll try to yeah. Um okay, next. here's a fun, fun question. All right, oh. you get to kick one, you get to pull one book out of the Bible and it's no longer there anymore. Like oh if you get a ditch gosh. one book, what are you doing? Revelation, done. Get it out of here. <laughs> Second Timothy, keep Revelation. What? Well, I guess how much damage has it done is the question. I guess we're in. A lot. <laughs> I my, you know, my my little sister told me she still hears helicopters and thinks it's the rapture. <laughs> Aw, I know. And you guys are young. Like she's young. She's it's young. not like there was like that rapture panic back in the nineties. Mm, no. 2000s it was like more recent yeah well no, yeah well, I, two solid second, choices yeah yeah second timothy for yeah for all the like anti-woman stuff yeah like not fake good. paul is yeah. like angry one day and Hashtag like fake paul. second timothy <laughs> oh man i have like such a story about that i think about it all the time there's like this there was this like church, during the church plant time, we did like a church retreat day where we were just going through all this stuff. Uh, someone asked about women in ministry and my pastor was like, and this church plant was PCA. So <laughs> he was like, yeah, no, women can't be pastors. And they were like, uh, and someone was like, uh, why? You know, like when someone didn't know that that's what the church believed, you know, and it was got really cringy, really fast, very, very tense, you know. And he pulls that out and he reads that section from Second Timothy. He's like, well, this way. And uh, and so this other guy who's like not like just like this sweet guy, but not like a a seminary, like just a very like an, an, just a lay person, you know, like uneducated lay person. Yeah. And he was like, well, maybe Second Timothy was like when Paul was kind of old and really grumpy. <laughs> Paul just got uh, turned down. You know, yeah. you try to make a move. Yeah. Got turned yeah, we, I like, mean, you know we what? don't know. All women done. Yeah. <laughs> and the church planner at that point was like, um, I, that's not really something we can run with because of the infallibility of scripture that we believe in. So, <laughs> but uh, now I'm like, yeah, we totally could have run with that. We could have run with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember the first time somebody told me that um, women couldn't be pastors. And I was very confused because the first church I had ever grown up in was a Methodist church and the pastor of the Methodist church, it was a woman pastor. And so I was like, I, I think you're wrong. Like I, I had a woman pastor growing up. Like they're definitely allowed to do it. I've seen it happen. <laughs> so it was like very confusing to me at first. Yeah. Uh, Cause that happened. I guess I was in like middle school when yeah. I started going to the Southern Baptist church and my youth pastor was like, yeah, women can't be pastors. They're like the church I just came from, 
You should go talk to them because they definitely are doing that. (laughs) It's funny because it's confusing to people if they grew up uh, and there are some pretty conservative denominations that women pastors, you know, like especially the Pentecostal, you know, one. So it's always confusing if they're like, wait, I thought we were on the same page about everything. And then what? (laughs) Anyway. All right. Women, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) They're more easily deceived. That's what I was told. Yeah, they're emotional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is all the qualities of a beta male, which I've been called. So I guess wow, I can't wow. be a pastor either. Oh. Bummer dudes. But <laughs> anywho, oh now that you have kicked the book out of the Bible, you get to canonize one written document. Whoa. Uh, what, what are you canonizing? What are you adding? <laughs> I look around. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And don't worry, this is not oh, the unforgivable I know. I'll answer for you can Kristen. say it. Thank you. <laughs> the Great Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it teaches so many lessons. Oh man. I'm gonna well my fish answer while Sari's looking, I'll go super cliche. Um, I'm gonna go with that Mary Oliver poem. Actually, I feel like you were talking about Mary Oliver in your uh, podcast at some point. I fell asleep listening to your podcast one time, but on Spotify, so it just keeps playing. So I would like wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Josh, is still he's still talking and like your <laughs> guest. Um, and I think it unless it was Trip's podcast, but you know, that's <laughs> that's you just it's all blends together you guys i can never tell you and trip apart um i know uh, you get that all the time all the time uh, <laughs> what is oh i think it was i'm trying to figure out which poem it was um it's just the one that's like the one uh your one precious life hang on um precious wild and precious oh the summer day because before that it's famous for that one line but she's like i don't know exactly what prayer is i don't know how to pay attention oh i do know how to pay attention how to fall down into the grass how to kneel down in the grass and like all the stuff and i'm like oh that that resonates like yeah i don't really get what's going on hence my answer to question one but I do know some things still matter. So anyway, that's my answer. Well done, Mary Oliver. You're now canonized. And she was gay. (laughs) (laughs) Double whammy. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Taco Bell menu. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There you have it. Yeah. So how much do you love Taco Bell? I'm canonizing it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I truly, I will say, Sari has made me like, she's almost like covertly marketing for Taco Bell. She's like, well, we had to get Taco Bell. And I'm like, oh, it must be, must be pretty good. What they got going there is on a there. better answer to this question, but I don't know what it is yet. Because what I'm thinking is the, the, the privilege of being able to canonize something is you, it, it takes into account that there's going to be this whole group of people who believe it must be taken literally (laughs) oh shoot you know what i mean so what could you get in there that welcome to overthinking faith 
with Touche, touche. But like, yeah, if you were going to get a whole group of some to take something way too seriously and it might make them less uh, nicer people to be around, uh, better people all around, what could that be? And I, I don't have that off the top of my head. Maybe it's some... Um, yeah, it's episode. well it's all good but you have to answer like one question answer. about the taco bell thing taco bell that's how you say it in baltimore let's <laughs> <laughs> go to taco bell <laughs> the spelling has changed here and everything no but the taco bell menu uh is that related to the shitting your pants story from earlier <laughs> no no it wasn't taco bell but it was something oh, else Do you right. it was velveta oh yeah it was velveta yeah, <laughs> cheese like and kristen's like yeah that's not food i was like oh i thought it's, it'd be fine it, it's essentially so plastic it's so good it's so good it's essentially should never be eaten <laughs> i I've never gotten sick after eating Taco Bell, honestly. I've always been felt great. And, and that's how you know solid a covert marketer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Taco Bell loves no, you. No, no one's paying Bell. me. I wish they would pay me. Do you think, <laughs> oh, maybe they would sponsor the Secret Art Project podcast. Ooh, Ooh. you are a great, <laughs> You're a great face for Taco Bell. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, uh... I'm trying to figure out which one I want to do. All right. I'm going to ask it kind of a uh, less serious, followed by a very similar, more serious version of the same question. Most nice. emb- What's the most embarrassing theological position that you've held in the past? Oh, God. Like something that you used to like, maybe like tell people or something like that. And now you're super embarrassed. About <laughs> oh, it. Sarah's so got a many. lot. I know that. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> uh, I, I mean... <laughs> she went she went oh hiding under the desk hiding under the desk that was so funny i looked away for a millisecond she was gone. you can't escape your finitude by hiding under Ooh. the desk Siri. oh yeah this is part of my integration <laughs> integration with desk um you want to go first no <laughs> oh okay you have a lot to think about i There's so many I was your proper apologist and I was big on C.S. Lewis. So I was just trying to be like, yeah, we got some stuff wrong. I, I don't think I was as like hardcore. I could never get on board with predestination. And I tried. I was like, okay, I, if this is biblical, I will have to accept it. But I remember our Bible teacher in seventh grade just describing like everyone's falling, they're falling into hell and God reaches out his hand and saves just some of them. And then I would just leave class. I was like 12. I'm like looking around and I'm like, all these people, they have no choice. So um, I couldn't get on board with that. But I was like, I was like, trying to tell people that I mean I, I don't know that the just there was like I, trying to convince people they're sinful is just hard to do <laughs> you know what I mean but you're like that's step one you gotta realize that you got a lot of stuff and I'd be like think about how wrong the world is and that's just messed up it's broken so I remember having I, I went to a public university 
for, for college. And I just remember having long conversations of basically trying to convince people <laughs> that the world was broken. And I'm like, listen, I know this stuff and I can help you out. But it was like pretty, that's my thing. I talk about a lot because I just felt so superior to people. That was a bigger problem. I was like, they don't get it. But little did I know that I should have been learning how to have a real career at that point because <laughs> it was college. And then it took me a lot longer. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was such a hardcore Calvinist. That's why I was under my desk. Because it felt like I had a job and it was like to make sure that zero human effort got into the salvation story. Mm. and that that like protected god's glory and god's like honor somehow it's like if god gets the credit for this for the salvation from front to back the only way to do that is to like get any human free will out of the equation but then there's so much fallout from believing that that you create this like and they do because they're calvinists and they're you know john calvin did it like you know you create this web of logic to where it can all work but there's so many weird fucked up things you have to hold to but and the cognitive dissonance that i was able to hold was because i was really un uh, disconnected from my emotions honestly until i was probably mm-hmm. 32 um was why i was able to do that like well yeah like um we're born deserving eternal conscious torment. Like we're born. That's our birthright is like hell, you know? And, and like just the cognitive distance of that, like, and and if like that felt messed up or untrue in any way, it's just cause I'm a lowly human who couldn't possibly understand the ways of God, you know? Um, so there's stuff like that. There's just, and there's all sort of like related things. Like also, I remember at one point, um, you know, unborn babies, where do they go? Do they go to heaven mm-hmm. or hell? And I remember my pastor saying, well, elect babies go to heaven. Like, yes, I heard uh, that. And, um, and that the babies of elect parents are more likely to be also elect. Not 100%. Oddly convenient. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because oh it has God. to do with, but the logic, it comes from like the, the, promises made to israel in the old testament you know and the the like contemporary church being sort of the you know the proxy the replacement the grafted in israel we're all like fake israel now um or the extra real israel i guess um totally weird totally weird but not like it feels like not weird to say it but it should it's just because i grew up hearing it all the time (laughs) anyway okay you get it i think yeah (laughs) I yeah I tried Calvinism I like I really did I I genuinely gave it a try uh and I couldn't I didn't succeed very well it took like total depravity (laughs) (laughs) took like a month of me meeting with uh like a youth pastor and the head pastor of a church they were both like hardcore um PCA like Tim Keller's not a real Presbyterian kind of guys and um yeah, wow. didn't I tried and they basically pawned me off to my buddy Jace, who's like a really good friend of mine now. And I was like, thank you for doing that. Um, but <laughs> there was I, there was a book I read when I was a teenager called by Michael Horton. 
uh-huh. at, called Putting Amazing Back into Grace. And Oof. that's what like radicalized me into Calvinism. Wow. <laughs> All right. it, it well, seems so noble. <laughs> his systematic theology book, Pilgrim Theology, is what oh. I was reading with these two individual pastors. And I was like, guys, I think this is bullshit. <laughs> and they were like, All right, well, we're not having this conversation. It's not very good. Yeah. When I, <laughs> and then when I'm like a young adult. When I'm a young adult and I discovered Tim Keller and I was like, wait, this guy's still a Calvinist, but he talks nice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he sounds like someone that you'd want to hang out with. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was like, whoa, what a breath of fresh air. Yes. <laughs> Truly. I was, I felt sad. I was big into Tim Keller. I was like, this man is logical and he's got compassion in his heart. And I'm like, so there's a way. Like mm-hmm. I would see other speakers, preachers, and I'm like, oh, that's not the way. But Tim gave me like hope, and I'm like, well, because he's he's masterful in his the communication style, and I yeah. don't think he has poor intentions either. No, like, no. uh, but there there are some blind spots. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> as well. He, what I'll say, <laughs> Keller. Tim Keller survived a recent purging of my bookshelves that oh, um, I have which... a lot of books. So some of his books remained and I got a, I got I'm getting rid of a lot of them. I have pulled like 80 books that I'm donating to my buddy's church. That's like a non-denominational church that would like really like them. Yeah, and not, you know, I was just kind of like I felt bad throwing them away. And I was like, well, like these books like were very helpful for me at a, at a certain time. And now they're yeah. just not. And also. If I have a kid someday, I don't want to have to explain this book to them because I think it's mm. not great. So I kind of, yeah, anyway. So you're but, saying he lives even though he died? Ooh, shoot. <laughs> Maybe the Christianity thing is true. Weird. Uh, <laughs> but the, all right, my most embarrassing, well, yeah. One of the most embarrassing things that I ever held to and I didn't even actually hold to it, but I acted on it because I felt that's what I had to do. When I was at Messiah, this guy came and spoke in chapel. And he was one of these people that was like, I'm gay, but I'm celibate because that's the right thing to do as a Christian. Um, and so I got, I bought his book from him, had him sign it. And then I gave it to my brother who is gay. Oh. And yeah, luckily. Was it Be- wait, was it Beckett Cook? It was, I don't remember this. Oh, all okay. I remember is this gentleman was Asian. Okay. Was um, and like, this is going to sound super judgmental and like not cool, but like that dude is definitely gay. Like very much so still gay, but like was, yeah. I guess, I don't know, because of the culture here, not culture, the. Yeah. Um, I have one like that. Stream of really faith. About it. I was like in... book. Um, There's a woman who, um, what's her name? I read her book and she was like, a, you know, oh, a le- she was a lesbian, but she ended up marrying a guy and having a bunch of kids. And now she's on the, gospel co- coalition. The very all good the time. gospel or the, uh, yeah. Um, she, Perry, she was, ja- um, is it Jackie Hill Perry? Something no, like that? No, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. Oh. It wasn't her. This is, uh, she, I can't remember her name, but I remember giving her book to a friend who, mm. I didn't know at the time was gay, but eventually came out as gay. And I was like, dang, I feel in hindsight, I feel very weird about that. Yeah, it was awkward. Oh. Luckily, my brother does not hold that against me. Uh, 
And he is very cool because he donated to the GoFundMe thing. Oh, See, can't that can't one? hold it against Jordan. me too much. Yeah, shout Aww, out Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> All props right, Jordan. big time props to Jordan. Uh, but moving on because I'm doing bad at facilitating all of these questions <laughs> you're doing great right. all right so now that you've kicked a, bu- a book out of the bible you have the opportunity to take a prominent doctrine in the faith that you think should die what prominent doctrine in the faith are you ditching original sin absolutely it's it's not even from the bible in my opinion it's from augustine but that's my um it's so harmful. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. So it's low-hanging fruit. Solid. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think pragmatically. You think pragmatically. Let me just go off a little bit more. Original sin, as soon as you're like away enough to think about it, and then you come back, you're like, oh, yeah. So it's kind of like along the lines of predestination. Like You have to just think everything is so bad and you had no choice but to be bad in this situation and so you have to live your whole life making up for a thing that you had no control over is nuts i think that i'll just double down on Kristen because i think it's so hard to get people like i don't know like love yourself and love others and love yourself and like that's great like you're gonna be a happier kinder person if you love yourself too and it's just like so easy to be like i don't know like it seems like original sin was like created to like double down on our like self-loathing and then like people are easier to control if they hate themselves Yeah, you know big time or if you think Mm. if they think you need the medicine they offer you know i'll just double down on that i'll triple down i that yeah i think that that doctrine is so harmful uh for so many reasons because once you once you build a foundation where the whole thing is like oh well you're a piece of shit then like all you can build on is you're a piece of shit (laughs) yeah and if you have if you build your foundation on the sand then it's not going to be great like the lord said yeah, like it's it's like what Kristen <laughs> alluded to earlier. Like you have to your life. Well, they're not going to think they need Jesus unless they know what a piece of shit they are. So I have to convince them they're a piece of shit. Yeah, which is <laughs> is like it is nuts. I I will say it's like again, oh your program doesn't work unless people think they're a piece of shit. That's not a good program. It is like the thing that's funny, and it, it's nuts because G.K. Chesterton kind of talks about this a little bit in The Everlasting Man, which I've started approximately seven times and never finished. But he's like, sometimes like we're too close to Christianity to see how he kind of is like saying to see how good it is. Like we start to see the goodness of other religions because they're novel to us. However, I think we're also too close to Christianity to see how weird it is. And I a huge example I have of this is trying to explain the ascension to someone who had never heard of it and and basically them being like wait so they start, do you start levitating you need to be like yes and then be like and that's what you believe this is what happens they just start he starts levitating where'd he go and i'm like 
I, you know, head it's to the clouds. So it's like kind of funny some of the stuff because you're so familiar with it mm-hmm. growing up. You don't have that distance to be like, oh, like I don't think there's an objective lens, as Gadamer would say. We have a historically affected consciousness. You're never located nowhere, but it is very funny to see how distinctly located we are in a very specific tradition. I mean, when was Jesus ever like trying to make people see how shitty they were being or how shitty they were unless they were being too religious? Oof. Oh, got him. Get him. <laughs> Bazinga. <sighs> Guess I'm a Christ It's follower. true. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to question. Hey, hearkening back to question one. <laughs> nice. A good callback. Good callback. That is Love callbacks a part of improv? Yes. Oh, big time. Boom. All it's right. Like, well, there like you go. <laughs> the classes are uh, paying off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fun question. That's kind of, I guess, more at the forefront today. Do you believe in aliens? And uh, does that have theological ramifications? Oh, man. Oh, my, my, my. I don't have a robust belief in extraterrestrial life. But as far as I understand, many, uh, you know, pretty well-informed scientists uh, believe that there are probably extraterrestrials, given just the probability factor. So I wouldn't be surprised if at one point, you know, Steve-O said that to me, like my husband, like, oh, it wouldn't be interesting. Like so much crazy stuff has happened in our lifetime. What if, like, in Lucrecia, like, our daughter's lifetime, you know, is that's the lifetime when we get encounter extraterrestrial life? You know? So I think that's, it's probable, um, but I'm, I don't have, like, a strong, robust, you know, whatever, hard, big opinion on it. I don't think it really has, I think, I, I had a dream when I was pretty young that, like, aliens arrived on our planet. And everyone was very concerned about like, oh, does this challenge like Christianity, blah, 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 like all this controversy. But I went to the site of the UFO landing and the the UFO ship had kind of like opened up and there were all these monitors on the inside of the cockpit of where the alien like operated the ship and stuff. And there were all these monitors around one of the monitors, you know, it was on it. John 316. <laughs> Yes. And I was oh like, oh, dang, this <laughs> alien's Christian. That is a stellar fucking dream. That is hilarious. No, I do I do have to note that this is the woman who has a new short film coming out about aliens. So Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a yeah. nerd. Of course. I love it. But I'm not like, I don't really think about that that much. I don't, whatever. It's not that big a deal to me. But I love the aesthetic of aliens. I love the idea. But like the... You know, if you think about the universe long enough, it trips you out. It's like you can't even comprehend it. You know, what we whatever. Anyway, care to answer, Kristen? I yeah, I I I'm probably pretty aligned. Like what I would imagine is that somewhere so far in our universe that it's almost inconceivable, there could be a very similar planet with similar like life viability and maybe some form of similar development and somehow we also are like in a time like 
if the earth is billions of years old or whatever, that place is billions or thousands of years old, maybe at some point they'll develop technology that's advanced enough to communicate. But at this point, it's not existing. But I don't, I, yeah, it doesn't bother Did me. You guys... It doesn't keep me up. Wait, we're just ignoring the recent. <laughs> all the, oh, all the Mexico <laughs> the stuff. Aliens in like... Mexico. They're that like, surprise! E. Shit. Like, come yeah. On. yeah, but what was more like, whatever, whether it was real or not, whatever, <laughs> like, the people's attitude towards it was so like, yeah, whatever, okay, yeah, fine, aliens are real. I, I think, like, the <laughs> pandemic true. times gave people a very, like, cavalier attitude, like, what is it now? You know? <laughs> aliens, yeah. I knew it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah, it was kind of like the fact that it's happening in government. Yeah. The Mexican government, they're like, voila. Yeah, sure. Come show us your alien bodies like <laughs> that are a thousand years old. I that thing got memed so hard so fast. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> I woke up uh, and my mom sent it to me first thing in the morning and I was like. I was like, oh, it's probably not real because my, I shouldn't say that because my mom's in this. <laughs> I was worried she got duped, you know, but then I was like, it's all on the mainstream news, you know, and I was like, oh, this is the Mexican government. It's not like, you know, random media source. Anyway. Good question. All right. Yeah. The alien thing is fun. I'm interviewing uh, Andrew Davis soon about his new book, Metaphysics of the Exo Life, which would be fun. I love um, the cover of that book. It it's so a cool, cool. cover. Yeah, Solid yeah. cover. Solid cover. Um, all right. Shout out your top three favorite podcasts that aren't your own. <gasps> yeah. We kind of talked about this recently. Laura Mipsum and <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what do I listen to? We are pulling out oh, free Freakonomics. I'm obsessed. I can't stop. It's like soothing to me and informational. I love Freakonomics. Have you listened, Josh? I have not. Oh, I do like I'll have to add it to my list of things to listen to, Freakonomics. They just did a really interesting episode on uh, sports, like basically football. um, And hang on, what is it called? I mean, I just, I think they do a great job. It's, and it's, Great reporting. Um, when when is a superstar just another employee? So they talk about sports and how like the employee components of sports uh are are two parents better than one, are two CEOs better than one? Yeah, there's I mean, I've listened to this, they have almost six hundred episodes. Well, five hundred and sixty. It's yeah, I really dove in. I used to be okay. While Sari's looking, this is my chance to geek out. I was a huge fan of the podcast Reply All. Did you ever listen to that? It's by Gimlin. I was introduced to it in 2017. I think it started Hmm. around 2014, 2015. I listened to, I'd probably listen to almost every episode, which like is, that was a lot. And I got really into it during 2020. I was like going back and like just going through anything I hadn't heard basically. And then fall of 2020, when the world's already crazy enough, 
they have this whole debacle where they start doing this episode and then they kind of people called them it was about it was about the the magazine bone bon appetit and they had these um people i guess kind of saying that their reporting wasn't up to snuff sorry fruit flies and um basically they took a hiatus like halfway through the series they were doing and i'm there listening alone none of my friends listen to bone up or listen to reply all and i'm like so stressed i'm like what's gonna happen to reply all and i was like no one understood the trauma i was going through and then one of the co-hosts left the show it was devastating and then they only they went on with a new co-host for like another year-ish or so maybe two but like it just wasn't the same. And then last year they finished and they had their final episode called Goodbye All. And it was like this thing that was so bizarre because it was so oh. important to me, but important to almost no one else I knew. <laughs> and I was like, what? Is, this is over this chapter of my life. So that's my second episode. That's my second podcast. That was Solid. to buy you time. That was to buy you time, Sari. Wait, so what were the Freakonomics and Reply All? Freakonomics, Reply All. When did the hiatus start? start? Just, I'm I think sorry. it was fall 2020. Oh, dang. Wait, yeah. I think I want to talk about you, this offline with you because I have a little info I want to share with you. But remind <laughs> me. Oh, wow. About like That's... that thing that happened with Bone Up Tea, actually. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, and then Just, I, have you yeah. have you heard of Dan Coke? Um, uh, <laughs> I know, Do guys. This whole you? the point of this question was to plug all of the theology beer camp podcast oh, yeah. and blew it I blew no, i'm just it, kidding thanks. i've asked this question to everyone else nothing to do um, with that my okay. third one is my third one is called you up and it's a dating podcast and it's ridiculous <laughs> nice wow i respect it I'm surprised you didn't say the Joe Rogan experience, to be honest with you. Ew. Oh, you know. <laughs> my babe tuning in for the three hours or whatever of manliness that you need. Uh, I'm, I'm I, in a... Yeah, go ahead, Josh. I was, I was just going to say, well, if you were still searching, I try, like, I have two friends that are good friends. I'm in a group chat with them. And, like, they both are so different than me in like their political affiliations and also they're like super conservative like evangelical types and they were like oh you have to listen to this joe rogan episode i think you're really gonna like it i like i don't i tried i don't get it but like (laughs) it was just kind of like weird and then joe rogan was like telling his guest who was that guy that like blew up for a little bit because he like wrote some country music and it was like popular for a hot second. It's been like touring. I don't remember his name. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like mm-hmm. songs. And yeah, well, he's like got popular, but he's was explaining to Joe like, oh, uh, I'm poor and being poor is hard because of X, Y and Z. And Joe Rogan was like, no, it's not like that. Blah, blah, blah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I was like, Joe, how are you going to like just be a dickhead to your this guy who's like trying to be honest about his experience and you're trying, like, you multi-millionaire trying to tell him, like, I don't know. I was like, Joe, That's get bad. your fear factor ass out of here. Yeah. Go back to doing that show. That was far more yeah. entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Okay. I'm in a phase where I haven't really been listening to that many podcasts. Uh, That's fine. You don't have to drop um, any. And the way I'm good at, but I'm going to say the ones that I'm like, if I were to listen to something right now that I knew would make me feel great. 
Uh, I'll tell you what they are. Um, also, I don't know why this analogy just came to my head. And Josh, you maybe don't know about this thing. Kristen, maybe can relate. If you're going to buy tampons at the store, you always like buy something else. Do you know about the urge to buy something else, even if only you need you only need tampons? You you're nodding. Okay, yeah, you're like, oh, I I'm I didn't just come to from because that like signals I'm on my period right now and I only need tampons and I don't want this guy at the bodega on the corner. <laughs> I think I've Which never just be shameful at all, but like I still have that urge even though I'm like a forty year old woman. I don't think yeah, I've ever like a feminist just bought and tampons, whatever. but that's partially because I think I always am just like, oh, I need this too. I need but liquid like, death. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will come up. I will come up with something so I don't just buy oh, the yeah. box of tampons. I don't. I. It's stupid. I need to get over it. But um, and every now and whatever. Okay. So anyway, that the analogy for that was like, there's a podcast that I'm a little embarrassed of, and it it feels better if it's sandwiched between these ones that I'm not embarrassed. Of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, there's a show called to the best of our knowledge have you ever listened to that show it's like a very like journalisty public radio style thing but they pick a topic like trees and you're like this is going to be boring and you're just like so sucked in and they take it from all different angles and they tell you about a book about trees you never heard about or like some side of a fact about trees can talk to each other and they like talk to really interesting people who study trees or whatever um, that's just an example like but they're just so well executed you know like this american lifestyle like mm. just picking a topic that you didn't know you were you would ever be interested in just grabs you and it's like I, it's really great because when i put it on it's like i'm only going to think about the things i think about throughout the day you know but then it's like oh here's something that's so outside what knowledge i would normally pursue but it really it expands your imagination around things and i just think it's really great another one is um uh the Richard Rohr podcast where it's just his sermons Ooh. that are like 12 minutes long that's a little tasty treat of just some spiritual food it's like you know yes. whatever I you know he homilies are so short you know and and it's just so refreshing he always says something has a special take on a, a scripture passage that you wouldn't think of and it's so practical and uh, I, I like listening to that feed. Uh, anything from the center from for action and contemplation is great, actually. Uh, and then the other one, the one I'm a little embarrassed is my woo woo podcast uh, that, you know, Kristen knows that I love. But um, there's this like blogger slash like teacher online. Her name's Lacey Phillips. And it's very psychological, a little woo woo. They talk about manifestation and shit. The, the podcast is called Expanded. Um, Sari and- listens and goes, yes, teacher. Yes, teacher. Yes. I listen on repeat. I listen as I fall asleep. No, um, no, I, I typically really enjoy that show because it gives me more self-awareness about my thought patterns and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, in like a psychological way. So anyway, expanded. Solid. Well, I'll tell you an embarrassing story about tampons and then um, we'll we'll move into the next question. and You'll see it's a good segue. Um, when I first discovered what a tampon was, um, I was probably in third or fourth grade. My mom has worked in uh, child care her entire, you know, like that's been her career. So is that her child care center? I went to use the bathroom and the trash can was like one of those open kind of trash cans. And so the, I don't know the 
part names of things, but the applicator part, like the nice. plastic thing, um, was in the trash can. I didn't know what it was, so I took it out and was like playing with it because you know it can do like you know back and forth whatever. And I took it to my mom and was like, "Hey, mom, like look at this cool toy someone threw away." And then she like had to like tell people like, "Hey." Don't just leave your shit laying around <laughs> because this is what happens. And that, oh and gosh. I, she didn't tell me what it was at that time. And then when I became older and learned what that was, I was like, oh, core memory. <laughs> I was playing with somebody. She used tampon. Did so, you show, did you wash her? Did she have you wash your hands? She did. She did. That was the first thing she did was she made me wash my hands. Okay. <laughs> and that's how I learned about tampon. Well, kind of learned i yeah that's so funny. I more so experienced tampons yeah. if you will uh lucrecia <laughs> i must say kristen my daughter brought my three-year-old brought me one one day and was like hey look mom what's this i think it's a new toothbrush <laughs> oh my gosh i loved your brain just trying to figure so out what it could be yeah how do you have this <laughs> so funny it's a new toothbrush uh, well in in the spirit of that uh, put on your youth pastor hats. Imagine I'm a sixth grade boy and I ask you, how far is too far? Oh my gosh. Is this a serious question? Yeah, everybody so far has answered it. Wow. So, Trip uh, Fuller. Every- and uh, so I had, um, oh geez, now my brain's stalling on me. Anyway, everyone who is Jason Michelli, uh, these people have oh, answered this yeah. question. I'll, I'll answer. I'll, I'll answer. Uh, I'm going to pretend it's my child because otherwise I'd be like, talk to your parents. I'm not involved. Um, If it was my child yes. and they're asking this, I'm like, listen, you're in sixth grade. You got your whole life ahead of you. <laughs> Just chill out. Let's do some other fun activities and time will come. And you'll probably know (laughs) we're going to go to the fair, the county fair, and that's going to be fun. You can think about this stuff in a few years, and then we'll talk about it more. If you have questions, informative questions, we'll talk about them. But uh, you just get, you know, just just get some cotton candy. (laughs) That's my answer. (laughs) Solid, nice. I like it. Other fun activities. Is that an innuendo or is that going to the state fair? No, literally, your sixth grade is so young. Oh, it's very young. Hockey. Yeah, got it. Anything else? Play with your friends in the street. You know, (laughs) like the cul-de-sac, not like the streets of Philadelphia. (laughs) Go egg (laughs) people's house. Na 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 na. I don't know. There's too many factors. Like it depends how old are they. Are we talking to a 12 year old? Because yeah, I, I mean, I I pitched I, it that way, so you can uh-huh. interpret it as you want. I'm basically it's yeah. a question that's getting at the whole purity culture stuff. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. question behind the co- question. Yeah, <laughs> you I zig, mean, I zag. I said, yeah, I'm not gonna answer. I was bam, bam. I mean, I mean the philosophy bit again. Problematize <laughs> the question. Kristen, yeah. Yeah, Kristen, I mean, the way she handled it was good. I mean, I'd probably frame it in terms of, like, I mean, I don't know. 
What yeah, if Lucrecia from... asked at age yeah, 12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, why do you have a boyfriend? It's so stupid. Like, don't. Uh, why and how? I could not <laughs> understand how people start dating. I was like 16 and I still was like, I don't understand. What do you, how do you even get into that contractual mm. agreement that you're going to date? Hey, middle school dating is very serious. You hold hands in the hallway and you sit next to each other at lunch. And some people do that for their entire sixth grade career and then are very sad when their sixth grade girlfriend break up with them. This is a hypothetical, obviously. But... That's so funny. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a difficult question. And I like, I'd probably be like, how far do you think it's too far? Ooh, twist. Why? What are the, what categories are you using to discern that? I like it. Yeah. What feels healthy and life giving for you? (laughs) Except I'd probably phrase it in a different way, but (laughs) sorry. You were going to say something, Josh. No, you're good. It's just, I, I don't know. It's I'm interested in that question because like I used to get asked it all the time when I worked with students. Really? They really yeah. do ask that all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, and like I I had some interesting conversations about um how like porn is not real and that kind mm-hmm. of like blew someone's mind. And I was like, dude, like that's not how that's not real life. You know, I have that kind of conversation. Um I had a student that felt i never taught this but he felt guilty about watching uh porn and one day burst into my office when i was like writing a sermon like door shut and everything burst in he was like josh i figured it out and i was like what are you talking about he was like i found this thing called hentai and it doesn't harm anybody because it's not real people and so i can watch it and it's fine and so like that was a interesting Wait, conversation. Is that like anime porn? Yes, exactly. Sorry, I didn't define it. It's animated pornography. Um, oh wow! Except yeah, so he was like big into that. So it's a real question, and I, I don't know. I have like my own opinions, and I remember uh, Noelle and I, my wife, uh, used to do this thing called Chrysalis growing up, which was like this youth retreat. Blah blah blah. Very problematic looking back on it. One of the things was like. Uh, you would give these talks and her and I both got the dating talk. And so you would talk to like your peers about dating and then they would on the panel ask you like, how far is too far? And like, I remember Noelle very much like to her credit, like fucking awesome standing up for herself and being like, I'm like in front of all these people, like I'm not here to like dictate what, like how this works for you. And like, I'm not going to answer this question and blah, 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 blah. And then like the pastor cut her off immediately and was like, no, ladies, anything that your bikini covers and any genital blah, 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 like, like this kind of thing. So it's a live question. Like, it's a I don't know. It's a serious question. I don't think about it as much anymore outside of that context. But I'm always curious to see how people talk about it, like building a what does a healthy sexual ethic look like? I, I mean, I sound like I haven't thought about it, but I've have, and it's like, like I I think in in things of like a constructive sexual ethic, I think that like most people just think about consent, right? Like obviously that's very important, and like enthusiastic consent and all those things. But I think there's other dimensions that 
could be explored more because like if you have uh i don't know like if you feel like something is wrong it's not going to be good for you you know what i mean mm. even if it's not actually wrong you know yeah. like so like that dimension of psychological health of like approaching an activity that you know whatever you want to explore whatever but then you're all you're you've got this like dichotomy and even if it is baggage from religion that's still real you know that's still mm -hmm. like uh real even if it's you know just like if things are socially constructed doesn't mean they're not real like they really affect yeah. your life you know and your your experience of life and so there's probably more work to do there around thinking about those things you know um and other stuff but we don't it's do you want an easier question that's not so loaded well, it's good to kind of back back and forth dude like a lighter one heavier one it's kind of good right? like lifting yeah. weights what's a what's a like a good book that you've read recently i'll go with um well it's not that recent anymore it was like last year but i don't get to read a ton of books but i love to talk about piranesi which is like p how do you spell it I was going to say it. <laughs> you were? I was. P-I-R-A-N-E-S-I. And it's by an author named Susanna Clark. And it's so good. It's just lovely. And this it's got some, so... it's, it's fiction. It's very like kind of, you can tell she's very Inklings influenced, you know. There's even some like Inklings references in there. If you're like a nerd that you'll catch. There's a reference to Owen Barfield, who's like the the one that people don't know a lot of times. Um, but uh, it's just a delightful book. It's so I read the book and I did the audiobook, which I don't get to read a lot of books, but I was like, I was in deep on that one. So that's my answer. I really yeah. was going to say it because remember, I read it this spring. Yeah, yeah. And we did didn't know that we both we had read it. We didn't know that we both read it. And I told her I read yeah. this cool book that my friend recommended. And yeah. she's like, I love it. So that was that was really good. Although, so I'll go back before then, since you know, I mean, you've already got the endorsement. Although I would say Piranesi, she says Piranesi. So you have to decide, reader. And then, <laughs> and then I read a book. I stay in touch with my undergraduate advisor, and he recommended this book called The Razor's Edge, which is old it's i think it was written in the 40s and it was phenomenal like for sure top five books of my life um it's about this guy it's very philosophical he's basically like came back from world war one and he's like uh yeah that was traumatic <laughs> he's like what's life all about and then he's like i'm gonna go his big thing he's like i'm gonna go loaf in europe he uses the word loaf and then they're like, what? They're like, you're in Chicago. You got to marry your fiance and get a good job. And he's like, I don't know. I got to read some books. So, but that's just like, that sounds like crazy, but it's so good. It was incredible. Is it in a public domain yet? How long does that I, have to be? A hundred years. Oh, so bummer. not quite. So I was going to say, I'm not going to name names, but there's a certain publisher that currently is like, getting books that were in public that are now public domain and then having like people write a forward to it and then republishing it and making money off of it. And I was going to say, that's, 
you know, think about that what you will, but it's at least smart. And so I was going to say, you could like do that and write the forward to it. And we and start tidy co-publishing. Yeah, yeah just, do it. <laughs> Sarah, we're so aligned right now. Yes, I would totally start a publishing company with you. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Nice. Go. All right. So, oh, favorite oh. book I've read recently. Gee, I only read like nerd books that no one like gives a shit about. That's um, good. Favorite is hard. Um. Actually, you know, one that was, I think it was just written super well, and it was very accessible, and it was kind of a person writing almost in the, well, like, stylistically, it looked like a Rob Bell book, right? Um, But the writing, it kind of similar pace-wise, very accessible, taking process ideas, making it accessible without saying that's what they were doing, and it was called Life After God. Uh, by Mark Feldmeyer, who there's going to be an episode that probably comes out before this uh, where I interview him. And that was, I just really enjoyed reading that. Like it was the kind of book that I would want to hand to so many different, you know, people. And it was just fun. I, I read it in like two sittings, engaging. He's a really good storyteller, but also like mm-hmm. how he like weaves in the concepts and ideas was really nice. So I like genuinely enjoyed that book. Um, that's awesome yeah there we go if i had to choose one that comes to the top of the mind pretty quick you probably read it like two weeks ago as opposed to like three it has been ago. it was a hot yeah it was like i was about to say a hot second ago but yeah it was like two weeks ago <laughs> maybe it's probably three. inspirational to you huh probably yeah later. one might say because that's one like what, that's the kind of book you're gonna write eventually it's on Ooh, the docket so, of shit to do soon. maybe sooner yeah. than we think Oh, the snap. <laughs> We're supposed to tell people I have a book coming out tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is the launch party. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> well, I'll get on writing it. I'll have a draft over to you in the morning. <laughs> Nothing like a deadline. To get <laughs> I need deadlines so bad. Hashtag yeah. ADHD. Um, oh, anyway, yeah. so different question. Um, what is your, like, if you were to look back, uh, what is your favorite church memory? Oh, whoa. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. Okay, let me just scan 35 years real quick. Yeah. Scanning, scanning, <laughs> scanning. <laughs> um, uh. All church memories suck. That's the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is it okay if mine's from a short-term mission trip? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. where you met Steve-O? <laughs> I did meet him on that trip, actually. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, it can be, it's it, it your was my, memory. Yeah, it was my experience of... I was, like, um, getting divorced from my first husband at the time, and I signed up to go to Haiti, and I was in a really like um, just a vulnerable, squishy, sad time. And I just had like maybe just the so stere- the such a stereotypical kind of thing of like I bonded so much with those all those people. I loved them so much. 
you know, and then the the people on the team who I went with, and then the people who were working at the orphanage that we were helping out, volunteering at, were great too. And like we would start, we would do all these activities together. We'd start our days with like a little devotional and singing songs. And just like my experience of that whole like 10 day period was just felt so, I felt so held and so connected by God and the people around me that uh, stands out as one of the highlights of my, my church times. Yeah, that sounds nice. I dig it. <laughs> I mean, I've just I've gone to so much church. I feel like I treated it like the earlier question of like, are you going to church? Like that's such a big deal that I'm not, and I just never would have thought I would be in a place like growing up. It was like Sunday church, probably both services because it was like youth service and the normal service, and Wednesday night helping with Awana and Friday night youth group. And I would lead games in youth group. And like, yeah. And then I was super oh, yeah. involved in my church when I lived in Philly. And when I lived in Ecuador, which is another story, like we had church usually, I guess not twice, but when I, yeah, there's just a lot of involvement there. So like, it's funny. I was talking to Dan and Josh and they were talking sometimes about how concerts feel like work because they were like work for them for so long. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like church is so associated with like planning, preparing, like, mm -hmm. and then honestly, me personally, I was not a big fan of the music ever in church that I can really remember. Um, I know that's alienating to some, but I was just like, this is, I only wanted like hymns, like the contemporary Christian stuff. I was like, I don't know about all this um I'm like I feel like all right I'm, I think like one of the best times was like in my church growing up we had this women's tea and it was the time all the women came together but I was actually one of the servers like helping serve all this stuff and I just remember it was really fun because it was like with the other girls from my small group and it was Christmas time so it was beautiful but then we got to snack and just like hang out with the girls and we're mm -hmm. also helping I don't know that's like probably it's really fun it's it's just crazy like yeah it's it's nuts to think about the amount of church I've gone to there were definitely some sermons where I left and I was like yes what I gotta do with my life but overall how it's like yeah there's a lot of ups and downs I don't know yes yeah. You remind me that my other one would be like a wanna a wanna summer camp. Oh, a wanna was, was always so good. A wanna summer so camp good. for me was like life changing when I was young. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. I think those. It's like funny because I've had so many camp experiences where, like, now looking back, I can be judgmental and you know be like, "Here's a whole bunch of stuff that was like fucked up about up. that." But also, yeah. they're so good. Like that did something for me at that age and it was really important and special mm -hmm. and transfer you know yeah transformation like this kind of thing i remember you had to memorize like a whole passage of scripture at awana camp yeah and they told you if you didn't do it word for word by the end of the week you would not be able to come back next year and people Ooh. kids would be trying to recite their scripture passage and getting it wrong like fucking up along the way and crying because they thought they wouldn't no. be able to come back next year 
Oh my gosh, that's I know. so stressful. So this is so stressful. So you always yeah. were hoping that you had like a chill cabin counselor who was like, whatever, you know. <laughs> right. They're like, it's okay. That was the message you, you translation. Got, you, got the like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got the gist. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But a lot of them were not chill. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, instead of going down memory lane, we'll get like a little bit creative here. If you could get, it's a two-part question, so forgive me, but if you could get shit-faced with one member of church history, any of them, who would it be? And then at the end of the night, after you're shit-faced with this person, you two get to fight one other member of church history. And you can take that as physical fighting or debating, you know, depending on how Anabaptist you're feeling. Um oh and go from there. So yeah, get loaded with one, hang out, have a good time, then go fight another. What are you doing? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Mm. I almost feel like okay. I'm just gonna go totally i'm sure i'd have a better answer if i was thinking more about history but i'm gonna straight up go i'm gonna go peter (laughs) okay drink with peter and then we are going to fight augustine (laughs) (laughs) nice all right (laughs) which is insane i like that. that would that would be nuts I feel like I want someone who's like had a lot of mystical experiences. So like Joan of Arc or something. Maybe me and Joan of Arc fight John Calvin. Nice. There you go. Now I'm wondering, I should have picked Julian of Norwich. That's a good one too. Ooh, that is a good one. I don't know. It also seems like she might have had some hangups. Like that's why I almost almost picked her, but she seemed like she kind of had some hangups that I love love julian of norwich but she was like i think she was kind of i don't know i feel like she was kind of like i'm just a lowly woman you don't have to listen to me but god told me dot 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 and i think that she was like doing that so that she would be listened to you know what i mean Mm, but um anyway i don't know but joan of arc seemed more like she didn't give any shits you know yeah nice nice all right here's a t-ball question for you uh, where do you see Christianity in 25 years? Oof. T-ball. Where? In the United States? <laughs> uh, yeah. In the well, geographical in your, South. In your context. Okay. In United your context. States. Where is Christianity heading? 25 years is kind of arbitrary, but, you know, to make it an easier question. <laughs> if it could be an easy question. Great. Kristen, you got anything? um you can go first oh thanks um <laughs> very kind fruit of the spirit <laughs> that was so nice <laughs> uh i don't know you know i think there will be some interesting new expressions kind of reborn for sure but then there will still be the you know, the stodgy fundamentalists holding down the fort. But I don't know what the percentages will look like, you know. Um, I'm excited to see what those kind of new expressions look like. I don't think that, I don't think it's going away. I think people are 
perennially spiritual mm-hmm. and religious, not just spiritual. Like people will always be looking for like framing to their spiritual lives and experiences. So organized, I think like I would hope that those new expressions include a real decentralizing of like Sunday worship and more like community services and, you know, a place for your rituals. You know, we like to get together and do things together, meditate and pray or sing songs or whatever. But that's not, that's an expression of spirituality, not the point of it. So I'd hope for that. But I don't know. I have no idea in terms of what the demographics will look like. And I don't even like to think about that stuff. So ask Dan Koch. <laughs> ask a sociologist. You could always, he could be nominated and then he'd have to, you know, if you want to hear him answer it. You know. That also, it could be a very cop-out person to nominate, but I'm not going to tell people who to nominate and not to nominate. So, so anywho, (laughs) Kristen, do you have any thoughts? Sari really stole the words out of my mouth, you know? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's fine. We're Uh, very aligned right now. We're pretty aligned, unfortunately, or fortunately. Uh, It's good. Pros and cons. I don't even... If I were to add anything, it'd be that this thing we call Christianity is just morphing culturally. So it will morph along the lines of culture in some way. I don't totally know how that will be, but even the way that we practice Christianity today is probably unrecognizable to many people historically. It will probably continue totally. to do that. So, Amen. Solid. All right. We'll move on from Christianity. Uh, what's your favorite religious tradition that's not Christianity. Oh my! <laughs> Get outside the box because it used to be so bad to even think about. Um, like tradition, like Ramadan. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably my least favorite. No, you just well, you mean like pick... another kind of faith, right? Like yeah, another... you could pick another kind of faith, but I mean, I I didn't think oh, about it in the more tradition. like. Yeah, I didn't think about it as specific, but maybe you're like, yeah, Rosh Hashanah, it's the best. I'm like, that could be a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Judaism. (laughs) Because honestly, because my podcast, You Up, my third pick, which was my embarrassing pick, and I snuck it in there. The hosts are both Jewish, and they talk about their traditions. And I'm like, sounds cool. But like talk about being, they're very culturally Jewish. So that's kind of just like maybe different, too different, but you know. I feel, um, I don't know. I, I feel like my knowledge is not very well-rounded of how to like, I'm just going to say new age spirituality nice i like it i like it it fits with the the woo woo podcast yeah 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 and there's some fun there's some fun stuff there like i think i don't know if this is the proper designation for them but there's this person i i'm literally looking at one two three four five six seven eight of their books in front of me rupert spira um i really like his work 
he is kind of an idealist. So we have some like a little bit of metaphysical differences, but like his stuff's really helpful. And that's kind of very woo woo. <laughs> so he might fit yeah. that kind of new agey category. Um, although I'm not sure, but he's definitely a spiritual teacher. So I've, I've enjoyed his work. But if I had to pick, I'd probably say Buddhism, which probably sounds like cliche because it's like, oh, I used to be a Christian and I like Buddhism now. <laughs> but um, I've just found it super helpful. Thich Nhat Hanh in particular, this is a Zen yeah. Buddhist teacher. I've read an insane amount of his work and it's been deeply helpful. So it's probably what I have to pick. Actually, I have a Buddhist statue like right over there. Um, I, oh. Yeah. Boom. What up? So there we go. Wow. Anywho, right next to St. Francis. Oh. Yeah. Nice. What? And well, St. Francis would help me. That should be part of your branding, Josh. We also have St. Bridget up in here. Patron Whoa. saint of beer. Very cool. <laughs> she was oh a badass. Wow. So, hashtag Celtic Spirituality. Yeah. And all my idols. My heart is an idol factory. Um, okay, so. Tim Keller. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, back to Tim Keller. All right. All right. Um, what value, if any, do you find in the Bible? Oh, wow. Oh, Josh, you're getting us good here. Josh, I'm getting so tired. <laughs> well, we can we can cut the we can drop oh. it. No, I'm not. The, How many more the are there? How many more are there? Just so I can prepare two, my heart. Four and then nominate a podcaster. Okay, okay, let's do these. Let's do like, can we do like the next three like rapid fire? <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, good okay. luck. But yeah, okay. let's do it. I would say value in the Bible. It is an anthology of a culture's experiences of God, of a bunch of people's experience of God that's um, remarkably documented and, and preserved over a long period of time. And it's an important dialogue partner, especially for Christians, because it gives us like the Jesus Christ origin story and this sort of like mythopoetic world from which to derive a lot of meaning. <laughs> okay. That's Ditto. what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. My my new technique is just saying whatever Sari said and saying sounds good. Well, you should start the next one. That works. One and I'll say it fits the rapid fire. I'll start the next one. I'm ready. Go. All right. So if Jesus appeared physically before you, and now you can choose either historic Jesus or the risen Christ, depending on your Christology, what one question would you ask him? Jesus the gray or Jesus the white? No. Basically, uh, yes. <laughs> or you could say that's a stupid distinction and you're a post-enlightenment thinker and you should go fuck yourself. That I have a friend that told me that recently. So up to you. We're all post-enlightenment thinkers here. Um, I would ask, oh man, I'm, I'm soul searching for these ones, Josh. I'm searching my soul. I would ask, um, close your eyes and imagine whatever image of Jesus you have in your mind. Oh, I used to do this. <laughs> I was about to start singing. Time. I can only imagine, but I can't sing. And I got oh. too embarrassed. <laughs> Sarah can sing. Don't tempt me. Uh, I used to imagine this for my this there's this type of like quiet time I did where I was like it was like imagine you're hanging out with Jesus and you got to go to your safety spot I don't remember where I got this from but I would go 
to this place in the forest and i would imagine jesus coming so we could chat chit chat and i would put on i had a playlist for it it had a bony bear song of course it had an explosions in the sky song of course no words it sounds very cool and spiritual i, I don't think it, you should keep doing weirdness. this you gotta oh. keep doing this um, find that playlist but yeah i would be like i'd be like i think i'd say something like why is it so hard <laughs> like it's just not straightforward <laughs> i the twists and turns are is it life or knowing what's true or something else the really the whole shebang faith okay. life the afterlife love relationships job where you're supposed to live where am i supposed to live <laughs> you know why is it so hard that's a good yeah. one solid you know i always think about that story where there's the um, maybe it's the paraplegic or and jesus says what do you want me to do for you Ooh. Ooh. and like I always think about Jesus asking that where it's like, oh, well, he wants to be healed. Why would Jesus ask that? But like he wants mm. that guy to say it. I don't know. I just and I imagine when I do stuff like what you're describing, like I think about like if Jesus asked me that question, this is not an answer to the question, really, because I think I often think about Jesus asking me that question. And then what what would I say? And that kind of feels like it reveals like what's like my deepest mm. longing in life right now, you know? Yeah. Um. But what I would ask him, I guess it feels like, it feels like I would say like, what am I missing? Like what, Ooh. like you feel like I, I, but that's, that feels even saying that seems very paranoid. It's like, what, what am I missing that? Um, and it seems like he would answer with like another question, right? Mm, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, why? why do you care? Like what, like what are my, what's my blind spot is basically what I'm saying. And that's like, there's such anxiety in that, Mm -hmm. you know? And if the fact that I want to ask that because I want to create safety for myself by making sure I don't miss anything, you know what I mean? So anyway, thanks for asking me that, Josh. Maybe I'll think about that some. Yeah. That was a really very rapid fire, but seemed like important. We'll take it. Well, the sad news is, is the next two are like, good luck with rapid fire, but you can do it. Um, Let's see if we can do it. Just talk really fast. (laughs) Why are you not an atheist? Who says I'm not? Just kidding. Uh... Jokes on you. Okay, Josh, you keep doing this. (laughs) I don't have a cool fucking soundboard. Yeah, like Trip has. You need like your own soundboard. Let's get them on. I know. I'm not. I'm not that cool. I'll tell Noel that you need. I have a plug and play microphone. And a 37 year old laptop and zoom calls like crushing it you know i'm not as atheist (laughs) because the world doesn't feel like a dry sponge it feels like a soaking wet sponge and it's like you're like it's just begging for meaning and it's like evolution works it's like wow if evolution was just like there's nothing intelligent behind a love evolution Okay, that harkens back to the alien question, I guess. But um, the then like, why is it so good at keeping us alive, and why does it keep adapting? It it all just seems like, and like, if love is real, like whatever, yeah, maybe we just evolved to think love is real because it keeps us alive better. But then, why does evolution work? And 
uh, it just also it's pragmatic to believe in God. And I don't think that's an evolutionary thing. It's like, why does it work to believe in God? Like it fucking works. Like it makes life better and more interesting and beautiful and meaningful. And, and it's like, I don't know. That's just how yeah. I feel. I, I, I know I kind of made a joke, but I would probably be pretty similar to Sari. Um, even though I worry that belief yeah. in a higher power is a byproduct of another of cognitive mechanism. Of course. I do think uh, C.S. Lewis references just flow through me. Um, basically, that one scene where he's like, I don't care if it's not real i'm gonna believe in it because it makes the world make sense kind of he's like um and i don't want to be like totally like there's a way that could go where it's very like naive and like kind of uh almost just you're living in a fantasy but there's something where it's like okay i'd want to believe and yeah something that's like a dry sponge and just be like oh well it just it, it's all an illusion that you have emotions or so, or something like that i mean and there's like the whole like whole is greater than some of its parts but there's something that is undeniably like yeah meaning just makes me feel like there's more so there's something more is what it feels like and phenomenologically i'm gonna go with that and hey goldilocks the goldilocks thing that's kind of helps I guess. But <laughs> yeah. I think people really, I mean, I believe stuff more because it like fits my experiences more. And maybe like the Goldilocks argument or whatever has kind of helped like undergird it a little bit. But whatever. No, I, I dig it. Um, and if you allow me, I'm, I want to comment on this one because I like this is, I mean, I, yeah, my understanding, anyway, I'm bit, fuck me. All right. <laughs> sorry ADHD is hard sometimes um I have a philosophical understanding of the divine all this kind of stuff whatever but today because like I've been having a hard time with this question and today when I was driving to work um I had sent like I had told my buddy about flamey grant because like beer camp and stuff and um there was a song that I sent to him because I was like, just looked up like what's a popular, you know, Flaming Grand song. And it was one with Derek Webb and it's called Good Day. And I was listening. I listened to it on the way into work today. And that song made me cry. And why it made me cry was because it. I was kind of reflecting on uh, people like Flamey Grant who have been so ostracized and demonized by the church. And then to hear the song that Flamey wrote and sung moved me in such a way because it was like, God is real because like this, like these people who have been told that like their existence doesn't matter, that they should, you know, seek down their lives, all this kind of crazy stuff. And they still turn around and sing this like beautiful music about love and the divine and their relationship with god i'm like okay my stupid existential crises are nothing compared to this and i believe in god because whatever the fuck is happening in this song is like real mm, that's, that's awesome, not gosh. like a philosophical answer but it's like an experiential one and that like 
kind of wrecked I me love this how, morning. Like, you s- yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. I love how you, I cited evolution and you cited the existence of queer folks and as evidence for the existence of God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's new. Oh, the, that's, the existence hey, of queer, belief, belief, faithful, spiritual, Christian. Yeah. Hit up all the <laughs> apologists and let them know it's the new cool <laughs> angle. And that they should, you know, and then maybe hey, it's a, a cool like back doorway to like make them stop being let's so hateful. Start our own, let's start our own master's program in apologetics. <laughs> there we go. Online. So you guys only. have probably heard all the classic arguments. Program. <laughs> You've heard of the ontological argument for the divine, but have okay. you have you heard of the queer yeah. argument? <laughs> um I hope the next question yeah. gets us back to talking about poop. All right. Well, I mean, it could. Um, I'll, yeah. What would you want to tell to 15-year-old you? Oh, my gosh. I think about this too much, actually. Once saved, always saved. <laughs> no, I already was um, <laughs> Hold on. 15, okay. what was I doing? I would say... Read more books while you're more books while you're you're in high school because you have so much free time and read books while you're in college because you have so much free time. And study psych in college instead of English, maybe. And also don't move around so much. Invest in your community where you live and it'll be worth it. But those things have happened very differently. <laughs> and I'm still grateful for them. But I learned some lessons the hard way. I would say you're too prone to being enmeshed and codependent. You shouldn't have a boyfriend until you're like 25. Go to therapy and go live in New York for a little while. Oof. That's what I said. Wow. And nice. make some and make some art. <laughs> Respect. All right. Well, since it is late, do you wanna I have one more, but we could just jump to the podcaster nomination bit and wrap things up. What do you want to do? It's in your hands. What's I am fine on? either way. Depends I appreciate you. We got to do the last. Let's do the last one. We can make. What is it? it? All right. So the last one is not an easy question, but um, I'm curious how you would answer the question: Who or what is God? Oh, oh my God! You know, someone else asked me that. Oh, can I say this in church? That guy. He ended oh, our wow. show by making me a Dan answer that. Can I say this oh, in church? Gosh. I what is that guy's name? Kevin. Um, I I don't know. Cool. Um, It's a big question. Let (laughs) us love one another. Love one another. For love is of God, and those that love it are born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. God is love, beloved. Let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Do you know that song? I don't know that one. What? I like it. Um, I guess that was me saying God is love, but that doesn't really say too much because what does that even mean? That was a good, I don't know, but I thought the like musical aspect of it like enhanced the you know, like God is love is a really on, there's it's a like good a, answer. But the music is like, here's a demonstration. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. There's a there is an ineffable component to this question that 
the arts might capture better than than mm. words but i just say like god is like a loving ground of being which sounds very Tolkien, but maybe i don't mean it exactly in the same way that Tillich <laughs> meant it but you know i think that in a colloquial sense that i'm happy with that answer um how much do i want to copy sari so much uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think it has to be mysterious that we like we can't just define this person, place, or thing. Um, I don't know. Like, what's funny is I said all this stuff earlier about my faith changing, but I still pray, and I at the weirdest times and sometimes I just still feel like I can hear God talking and I'm like I can't explain this or I don't get this I'm doing it and honestly the craziest uh like pop culture reference that I ever felt properly depicted my experience of that was the movie silence (laughs) so yeah I got to see that. Oh, nice. I like it. They're it's a big question. And I think you both did well. So, thank you for that. <laughs> I got to go like eat dinner. I'm so hungry. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> me too. I have dinner downstairs. Waiting oh, you for didn't me. eat. Yeah, so, you're on East Coast. I did not. Yeah. But what, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. So you just have, all no you have to do now is just nominate, nominate a podcaster that has to then come on and play the 20-ish questions game. Um, I I definitely I feel like I really want to pick someone from camp. Um I want to kind of pick someone who would be like a challenge for you, Josh. Like to Yeah, I'm that. yeah, whatever. I'm open. Like not for someone whatever. who's like, oh yeah, they would totally do it. You know, like someone would be like, oh yeah, that's like <laughs> someone who would be like on the fence about doing it i guess is what i'm saying yeah sure but i can't think of someone Kristen, <laughs> what do you think um i am looking looking at our site i feel like man you know i'm gonna i'm gonna zig here this is very different, but I'm going to say almost heretical if you can get them on. Almost heretical? All right. Either that or uh, um, I feel like from camp, you should talk to uh, the people from Flipped Table Theology. Flipped Table. Or Heart Got of it. a Heartless World. I feel like they're kind of like like, you know, the podcasts that were, like, very prominent last year, I feel like these, I don't even know if they came last year, either of those. Hmm. I'm not totally this sure. This is a little bit of left field, and I wonder what you'll think of this, Kristen, but, like, Cutter Calloway. Oh, yeah. He's a client, a tidy co-client also. He's okay. got a new podcast with Christianity Today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. But, right on. Um, he is he's a theologian at Fuller, but he also has a psychology PhD. And his but his podcast is about horror films. 
yeah. cool. on the CT podcast. So I think it might be kind of an interesting thing. He's a friend too. So if you need info, you could say we yeah. are. Well, <laughs> absolutely. And that that's part of the gist too, is like, I guess I didn't explain that part. Is like you have to help me make it happen. So Oh um, <laughs> Yeah, that was one of Tripp's rules that he introduced when okay. he Yeah, okay. but I didn't make that clear. We can, so, do it. we can do it. That's on me. But three solid options and uh, yeah, we, can we can discuss no, we can help and make make it happen. But Cool. This right. was fun. Hopefully you guys had Aww. fun. It's a really fun competition. But, I think there were some very funny parts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And Josh, there's some people I want you to meet at beer camp. Um, yeah, it's really it happen. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm super stoked. It's so it's two weeks, two weeks away. I know, which is crazy. I'm very much looking forward to it. So, yeah. yeah. Good All right. deal. I, All right, well, friends. You're the best. Yeah. Oh, wait, Thank you guys is. so much. It was fun. Peace be with you. <laughs> right, peace and also guys. with you. <laughs> Bye.